You're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Lifelong Learning, featuring thought leaders in the field of continuing medical education. Lifelong Learning is presented in cooperation with the Alliance for CME, the International Association of CME Professionals. Here's your host, Senior Vice President of Educational Strategy for Prova Education, Lawrence Sherman, FACME, CCMEP. Practicing physicians are well aware of MOC and MOL, maintenance of certification and maintenance of licensure. CME can and should play an important role in the lifelong learning process of physicians. But what is currently required and what's being proposed? Here to discuss new MOC and MOL initiatives and their implication for practicing physicians and the impact of CME is Dr. Humayun J. Chaudhry, President and CEO of the Federation of State Medical Boards of the United States. In addition to leading the national nonprofit organization that represents the 70 state medical and osteopathic licensing boards of the U.S. and its territories, Dr. Chaudhry holds a master's degree in anatomy from NYU and a master's degree in healthcare management from the Harvard School of Public Health. Dr. Chaudhry is also the author of the medical textbook, Fundamentals of Clinical Medicine. Dr. Chaudhry, welcome to Lifelong Learning. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, it's our pleasure to have you, and we really hope to have a good discussion and conversation here about what I think is a very important and interesting topic. So before we get into the discussion, can you just share with us a little bit about the Federation of State Medical Boards? Sure. We've been around since 1912 as the umbrella agency for all of the state licensing agencies and societies for physician licensure primarily. And while we've been around since 1912, the notion of the states regulating healthcare by licensing physicians actually dates to the 1800s. So we serve primarily as the voice of the state medical and osteopathic boards. We don't have enforcement authority, but our guidelines are very influential because they often get adopted by the state medical and osteopathic boards. So let's talk a little bit about the FSMB's Maintenance of Licensure Initiative. You want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Really, this dates to the late 1990s and early 2000s when many of the state medical boards have been coming to us with some concerns that perhaps the process that we currently use for renewal of a physician's licensure could be made more enhanced. And part of that was coming from some studies that had come out from the Institute of Medicine to Air is Human, Crossing the Quality Chasm. These sorts of reports that have been out in the national and international media were talking about concerns about patient safety and quality health care. And so in 2003, the Federation decided to look at this issue and put together a task force And really, over the last seven years, we've been working out the details. And finally, this April, we signed off our House of Delegates approved a concept of maintenance of licensure, a framework by which actively licensed physicians would be asked to demonstrate ongoing clinical competency as a requirement for renewal of medical licensure. Terrific. And, you know, the name of this show is Lifelong Learning, and we really center around CME. But it seems to me when I hear the words that you're talking in the MOL side of things, they're really the same words that we think of in the CME side of things. So how do you see them working together? I noticed that too. And in fact, what we're trying to do with maintenance of licensure, as I explained to physicians, is we are really supporting a physician's professional commitment to lifelong learning. We all As physicians, I'm an internist. We all make that commitment when we take our oath to become doctors. And so really, this is not designed to be onerous. It's not designed to be yet another burden. We strongly suspect that the vast majority of physicians are already doing multiple things to keep up to date with the medical literature, with new medications, new therapies, 
How can you not? And so really, MOL in its ideal form should support that commitment. You know, it's interesting that you say that. I was thinking as you were saying those things, the things that are popping into my head were MOL, MOC, right? Because we have to think of maintenance of certification for the boards and CME. They're all sort of working towards the same goal, right? So I wonder what can we say to the practicing physicians, and a lot of them are going to be listening to this, to sort of think about the confluence of those three tasks in their lifelong learning process. And we recognize that as well. And so one of our guiding principles when we adopted the framework was that we do not want to be duplicative or create unnecessary burdens. We certainly don't want to hamper patient care. So what we recognized was in looking at current practices and current services and assessment modalities out there like maintenance of certification, we looked at that thoroughly and we found that all of the components that we're looking for for maintenance of licensure, and I'll mention there were three of them, reflective self-assessment, knowledge and skills, and performance and practice. All three of those are already contained in maintenance of certification, which is not a requirement for licensure, but is an acquired knowledge set that goes above and beyond licensure in the area of specialty board certification. So I guess what I'm getting at is one of the things we're going to be saying to the state boards as they begin to implement MOL is if you have a physician who is either doing maintenance of certification or its osteopathic equivalent, osteopathic continuous certification, that in and of itself should substantially comply with any state's adoption of maintenance of licensure. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I'm a CME provider, and one of the things that we're looking at now is this really intense performance improvement CME as defined by the AMA. We as the CME community are looking at developing PI-CME initiatives that incorporate the MOC principles so that, you know, physicians who participate can get that twice the bang for the buck, if you will. Do you see MOL fitting in there as well? Absolutely. And if I may, I'd like to mention two things. One, as it relates to CME, that you know, already many states, not all, but many states have a sort of a bare-bones CME requirement that you have to do X number of hours for your current renewal of licensure. What we will be seeking through maintenance of licensure, again, the states ultimately have to adopt this based upon their needs, would be a more robust CME where we would ask that a percentage of that CME be certainly practice-relevant, but secondly, that it take advantage of some of these incredible types of CME that are out there, like performance improvement CME that you mentioned, and other forms of pre- and post-testing where you actually see if that CME is making a difference. The other thing, if I could mention quickly, is that not every physician is specialty board certified. So we looked at that as well. In fact, there's a significant plurality of physicians who are either not board certified in a specialty, not seeking MOC or OCC for whatever reason, or are grandfathered and don't have to do MOC or OCC. For those physicians, we will have to come up with some additional options and means by which those physicians could demonstrate lifelong learning. We're looking into that now. It's funny because we think of that on the CME side of the world where, you know, we have the different buckets of physician learner types and, you know, we may not look at it as specialty board certified versus not certified, but we have our own way of categorizing. And so it sounds like we're all on the same page there. So it might be interesting. And I don't know, are there initiatives in place where the leaders of the MOL movement and the leaders of the MOC movement and the leaders of the CME movement get together and talk this through? Well, as a matter of fact, I mean, we do have discussions all the time, and I think the key is alignment. But I hasten to add that we also point out that MOC does not equal MOL. They're both designed for different purposes, but one of the things that's apparent to us is that if you've successfully completed MOC 
or its osteopathic equivalent, that that should substantially comply with anything that we come up with maintenance of licensure. Licensure has always historically been a demonstration of basic foundational aspects of medicine, the ability to practice medicine independently. And that continues to be what the state boards are interested in. Specialty licensure is above and beyond that, and we certainly want to recognize that, but we are not talking about specialty licensure when we talk about alignment of MOC or NMOL. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Lifelong Learning on ReachMD Radio, XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Lawrence Sherman, and joining me to discuss new MOC and MOL initiatives and the implication for practicing physicians is Dr. Humayun J. Chaudhry, President and CEO of the Federation of State Medical Boards of the United States. Well, Dr. Chaudhry, you know, it's interesting that you say that. I'm almost envisioning, and tell me if you guys have looked at it this way, almost a matrix that each physician could look at so that there are the MOC requirements if they have them, the MOL requirements that they will have, and the CME requirements that they have, but up until this point have been less structured. So it might be interesting to look at that matrix and each physician sort of checks off the boxes that they need. It could be as simple as that. Again, ultimately, it'll be up to the states to come up with the specifics, but as the umbrella agency for all the state boards, the state boards have asked us to try to look at some types of templates that we could offer. So we have a implementation group that actually is working on that right now as we speak, and we hope actually to have six of the state medical and osteopathic boards participate in a pilot sometime next year so we can see how this fleshes out. The other thing I should mention is this is not something that's going to happen overnight. So if you're a state that decides to do this, we anticipate a phased-in approach where the first year is spent in preparation, where you educate your physicians and the public about what you're doing, And then each of the three components of MOL could be adopted over a period of time, maybe two to three years for each of the components, so that someone starting next year, a state board starting next year, may take as long as 10 years to implement. And the reason for that is very simple. We don't want to rush into things. We don't want to shock the system. We recognize that there's value to this, but we want to gradually implement this, look at best practices as they emerge. But CME has to be a big part of this. You know, it's funny, you said uh, shock the system. I'm trying to think of, uh, you know, the system shock on the actual practicing physician as much as on the system itself. What do you think the physicians will need to be thinking about as these changes are rolled out? Early on, I mentioned that we strongly suspect and know firsthand that most physicians are already doing a number of things to keep up, and that enables them to fulfill their commitment to lifelong learning and to quality health care for their patients. The challenge is going to be coming up with a simple, unburdensome means by which physicians can demonstrate that they're doing that, and that should be as simple as that. But of course, the challenge is in the details. What we do not want to do, though, is to pull a physician's license if they're unable to meet this. That's not the goal of this. The goal of this is to nurture and encourage what physicians are already doing, and if you're a physician who's not doing it, yeah, this system, if it's put in place by the state, will require you to be a little bit more engaged and involved than perhaps you have been. I think that's right. And, you know, the three stages of MOL that you sort of outlined for us are very similar to a lot of the CME steps that we take. So my guess is they're not going to be, even those that may be a little shocked that their state board is now putting this in place, won't be as uncomfortable with the process as the board may fear will happen. And they shouldn't be. And just to give an idea of how careful we are, we have sent out our reports over the last seven years and continue to do as we implement this, our reports for feedback and guidance. We have a CEO advisory council made up of many of the healthcare organizations that do assessment and testing, including the state boards. 
And we want to make sure that we are methodical and careful as we implement this. Another good example of that is we also don't want to be prescriptive. We want to allow enough flexibility to the state boards and to physicians so that they can kind of change their way of thinking about renewal of licensure. So, for instance, for CME, we are not going to be recommending a specific number of hours that all states mandate. We're not going to be recommending a specific number or percentage of CME that should be performance improvement CME. And we're not going to be recommending a specific percentage that should be practice relevant. But we are going to be encouraging that each of the states begin to think of these parameters and go above and beyond the garden variety CME where you just sit in an auditorium and listen to a lecture. I think that's right. And I think some of the newer technologies and some of the newer approaches to CME will allow not only for the physician's involvement and engagement, but it'll also allow for the quantification of the time participated, which may be something nice to keep as a benchmark to watch the progress of these folks as they're going through the process. Absolutely. And perhaps 10 or 15 years ago, something like this would not have even been contemplated because the technology wasn't necessarily there. Now, with multiple means by which physicians can go through CME, whether it's online, you know, there's so many different products and services out there. There are indeed multiple options that are available, and that would certainly help implement MOL and make it something that physicians are able to do efficiently and satisfactorily. And I think there's also lessons to be learned from graduate medical education where we're seeing some of the residencies and certainly the fellowships where they're training the physicians to have educational portfolios so that they can track their lifelong learning. And that's something that certainly is newer than the last 10 years. And it really is a model that at least in CME we're starting to follow and something good to learn from. We talked earlier about alignment. One of the things that the maintenance of licensure concept acknowledges and actually supports is those core competencies that you'll recall that the ACGME and the ABMS had adopted for residency training and which are now also being looked at for undergraduate medical education. We see no reason why those same core competencies, which look at the scientific foundations of medicine, would look at medical professionalism, etc., could not also be adopted and looked at for continuing licensure for the practicing physician. So there's another good example of alignment across the entire continuum of medical education. Well, terrific. I'd like to thank my guest, Dr. Humayun J. Chaudhry, President and CEO of the Federation of State Medical Boards of the United States. Dr. Chaudhry, thanks for spending time with us this week on Lifelong Learning. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. You've been listening to Lifelong Learning on ReachMD on XM160, the channel for medical professionals, featuring thought leaders in the field of continuing medical education. Lifelong Learning is presented in cooperation with the Alliance for CME, the International Association of CME Professionals, and is hosted by Lawrence Sherman.